to Best of Friends. You think we're still going to hang out after what you just did to me? You are lying. I want that on record that you're done. Who think they know football? I will not listen to any slander against the great name of Ezekiel Elliott. I think you're an idiot. Bring you unprecedented access to the NFL world. I look like I normally do. A freaking moron. Let's be real, Fitzpatrick is a beautiful man. Because here, it's real football by real fans. We don't do smart here. It's a multi-dollar production, I'll say that. The 2M Football Show starts now. Hey guys, Mike here from 2M. Our first episode of the season was we were originally going to do these together, the AFC South and East, but that episode ended up running super long. Uh, nobody wants to listen to us talk for two hours straight, uh, not even me editing this. So we decided to split it into two episodes. So here is the AFC South preview, plus a little bit of complaining about the Zoom platform. Enjoy. This is such a pain in the ass. Yeah, I can't live like this. We're going to have to find a different way to record uh, well, well, we're talking about this division. I'm kind of looking at how much it costs to get a year of Zoom. Because <laughs> this is, I, I can't. I'm sure there's other free things we can use. Uh, I'll Just look into it. Keep being productive. This is I'm crazy. Working on money stuff. Okay. <laughs> the nice thing is, it did give me a chance to take a bathroom break because I had to wait a few minutes for the audio to get converted anyway. Um, but yeah. This is painful. Oh, I'm out of coffee. I should have thought that. You're a genius, you asshole. I don't, I don't. All right. AFC South, our next division. Yes. Starting at the top with the Titans, who finished 12 and 5 last year. They were first place. Um, they were another team that was just hit by an unreal amount of injuries to key players throughout the season, losing Shut Derek up. Henry. I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> you could have drafted him again, fourth overall this year. If he's there, probably. <laughs> losing. Uh, they lost their super superstar running back, Derrick Henry, for most of the regular season. Julio Jones, who we've talked about, and A.J. Brown as well, the incumbent star receiver, were also in and out of the lineup all year. Uh, despite that, they were able to overcome, and uh, they beat a lot of the best teams around, including a four-game win streak uh, that featured them beating the Bills, the Chiefs, the Colts, and the Rams all in a row. They finished as the number one seed in the AFC, got the first round by. Uh, however, they lost at home to the Bengals in the divisional round, 19 to 16 in the game where Henry was back, but you could argue maybe it was too soon because he wasn't his usual self and uh, forced to rely on Tannehill's arm without the benefit of a strong running game. He threw three interceptions and the, the Bengals got the win there by three points. So the season ended a little bit, you could say, disappointment, but I think it's impressive that they even got to where they did with the amount of injuries. And, and that's why Mike Grable won Coach of the Year last year. Um, by the numbers, they had the 17th-ranked offense with 342 yards per game. That broke down to 24th through the air, uh, but fifth best um, on the ground, no surprise. King Henry, uh, and they scored 24.6 points per game, which was 15th in the league. Their defense uh, was 12th best, allowing 329 yards per game. They were 25th against the pass, super shaky secondary, uh, but second against the run. 
and they were good in terms of points. Uh, they allowed 20.8 points per game, which was sixth best. So this offseason, they lost uh, Julio Jones to free agency. Hardly a loss, though, as he, he barely even played for them. Uh, but then their other receiver, A.J. Brown, they traded during the draft in one of the most dramatic moments of this year's draft. I was so mad. As a fan of Green Bay, had I known Brown was on the table, I'm like, <laughs> if I was in the war room, I would have absolutely made a move to, to go get A.J. Brown for something from Green Bay. Right? Yeah, nobody knew this was even an option, or at least I didn't. <laughs> no one was talking about him as a trade candidate. Although it ended up being one of those things where they didn't want to pay him for his new a new contract that he was going to be due, so they just moved on instead, and they got a first round pick out of it. Uh, so those are the big losses. They brought in uh, via free agency. Uh, they brought in Austin Hooper. Hoop, hoop, hoop loop, <laughs> as I believe someone has called him, which I, I enjoy. Um, they also traded a late-round draft pick to bring in Robert Woods, a veteran wide receiver from the Rams. He missed most of last year with, a, I believe, an ACL injury, but he's already Anytime there's an, an injury to a running player, it's always an ACL. It's nothing else. Yeah. Achilles sometimes you get in there, but yeah, agreed. Now he's already back. Uh, he's in camp, though. He's running routes and fully recovered, so good for him. So he's one wide receiver that they got on the roster now. They also used the first-round pick they got back in the A.J. Brown trade to take Traylon Burks, wide receiver out of Alabama, who has some similarities to Brown, a similar uh, size. That's what I thought was hilarious. It's like they just traded for a younger A.J. Brown. A younger, cheaper model, yeah. (laughs) Obviously, he's on a rookie contract, so they've got him cheap for the next four years. Um. So that was 18th overall, that pick. And then in the second round, they attempted or they started to address the secondary, uh, taking Roger McCreary, cornerback out of Auburn. Uh, No coaching changes. They bring the same coaching staff back. Looking at the studs here. Oh, and then I guess we should talk about they drafted a rookie too, didn't they? Hold on. Which one did they take? I forget. How much does Zoom cost? Did you find it? I did. Is it cheaper than you expected? Actually, surprisingly, depending on which tier you want to get, uh-huh. it's not bad. All right. We'll have to talk about that. <laughs> uh, well, I don't think you're going to like the number regardless. But... Oh, oh, okay. <laughs> oh, it, so it is more than zero? <laughs> uh, yes. Damn it. So I thought it might just be free. Uh, Malik Willis is the guy that they drafted. At, uh, Willie! Oh, the yeah, they got, they got Willie. <laughs> is he free? <laughs> uh, he could be a free agent at some point. <laughs> <laughs> oh, damn. So, yeah, in the third round, they took uh, Malik Willis. Not expected to challenge Tannehill for the starting role right away. <laughs> and he has no. explicitly stated he will not mentor <laughs> Well, and I like how everyone gave him so much crap for that. But I'm like, does nobody remember when Rodgers was drafted? Right. Brett and Favre yeah. did the same thing. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, so let's see. Looking at the roster, offensive studs, obviously this this whole team starts and ends with Derrick Henry. The running back, he's uh, passed 1,000 rushing yards in three of the last four years. The only year he didn't was last year, in which he still ran for 930 yards, even though he missed nine games with injury. 
which is over half the season. So he was on pace to get, get over 2,000 again. Uh, he, and over the past four years, he has 55 rushing touchdowns. Yeah, he has. And then he's he got awesome. hurt because he's an asshole. <laughs> Actually, I think his foot was the problem, but yeah. <laughs> wow. You just going to take all my jobs, all my work? <laughs> you take the funny, what is there left for me, then just go, uh-huh, occasionally, so that the fans know I'm still here. You know, you can still have sound effects. <laughs> no, this is what happens when I have a... I'm, like, shaking right now from the espresso in my cup. Um, okay, center Ben Jones is also very good. But those are the only real, like, top-tier stud guys on this offense. There are plenty of questions, though, and most of them are around the passing game. Obviously, they've got the run game figured out <laughs> as long as Henry is healthy. Uh, so Ryan Tannehill, after he was really good his first two years in Tennessee, but uh, unsurprisingly, I guess, with no running game and really no receivers either, he had a massive dip last year. He threw 12 fewer touchdowns and double the amount of interceptions he threw the, in 2020. Well, there was no way to build a rapport, too. When you have receivers that are in and out, especially veterans that have been a while, and they're good at what they can do, but they're in and out of the lineup, you never gain any type of momentum. You know, I think there was only, what, maybe three or four games out of the year that everybody was on the field together? Yeah, something like that. And they had gotten rid of Corey Davis the previous year, so there was no depth at the position either. It was uh, not a great situation. And honestly, I guess they made it to the postseason. I have the same – I mean, you can make the same – some of the same concerns about this year too. They've got three brand-new guys in town – who are likely to be his primary targets in the passing game with Austin Hooper, tight end, Burks, who they drafted, then Woods brought in through free agency. All should be good players on their on own. Paper. Yeah, on paper, but it's like you said, it's about developing that rapport, keeping everybody healthy. Um, Woods, like we said, has been good, but he's an older player and coming off an ACL tear, so hard to say how he'll come back. Hooper's coming off a pretty disappointing year in Cleveland. And then Burks is a rookie who there have been not so great reports so far out of camp about his conditioning and stuff. So uh, over who's uh, the rookie Burks. Gotcha. So uh, that's my question or concern for the offense. <clears throat> and uh, the, the defense there, uh, the safeties are really good. Kevin Byard and Imani Hooker, but the corners are an issue. That's why they, they drafted a guy in the second round. And if you remember back to the stats, the, they had a terrible passing defense. So I, you know, we've had it, we've had high hopes for rookie cornerbacks on this show that haven't worked out very well. Yeah, no, I'm done. Nope. <laughs> nope. Nope. So that could be an issue again. Well, with that being said, let's look at the team overall. Mm -hmm. I think, and this goes with any place, whether it's an NFL team, whether it's a retail company or, or a tech firm, everything starts at the top. And Mike has done a phenomenal job. Oh, thank you. Keeping, well, yes, you too. (laughs) Egotistical bastard. Um, And keeping this team 
together even when it should technically fall apart. Like, everyone assumed once Derrick Henry went down, that was it. This was over. The team was going to implode on itself. And I guess you could argue in some ways it did, right? It forced Tannehill to throw the ball. The media and fans targeted Tannehill. Oh, look, he really can't throw. I mean, again, when you don't have the same receiver week to week, it's really hard to build anything with them. This feels different. There's not a lot of depth, so injuries could be a problem again, but this team isn't afraid of injuries. And I think the coaching staff has this team well put together. I think the youth and, and the fact that they brought in people like Woods and Hooper, who have been around, have been with good quarterbacks and mediocre quarterbacks, um, will bring some stability and some coaching to people like uh, Burks, who is a rookie. Mm-hmm. And Henry, you know, is mended and, brought, and, and done better. You know, he was able to be in the postseason in the playoffs, so clearly he's available for week one. Yep. Um, do they need somebody to back him up? I would argue absolutely. You know, being the fact that he is the heart and soul of this team, if he goes down again, there's, you know, not much that can be done. But this, this is still going to be a good team overall. There's, it's a well-balanced team despite the fact they are absolutely run first. Tannehill will actually have the offensive weapons this year, ideally more consistently. So I don't see why this team doesn't do what they did last year, just a little bit easier. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's a good point. You could argue everything that could go wrong did go wrong for them in terms of injuries, and they still finish as the top seed in a loaded AFC conference. Um, so yeah, from that standpoint, it's like things can't go that wrong again, right? So, <laughs> Famous last words. I do have concerns about, like you said, the, uh, the depth of the receiving core, the defense as a whole, especially the secondary. So uh, for those reasons, I have them at a B rating for the roster grade, even though I uh, do have some there's, – there's a lot of re- – there is a reason for optimism, like you said. Yeah, I'll agree with that reading this time. I think I think the offense looks way better all the way around. Again, and this is all about what's on paper, right? We really won't know until the actual battle begins. Like when mm. week one starts is when really we're going to start to see stuff. And you could even argue it's not even until week four or five you really start to see what teams are made of. Yeah, definitely. But I would argue the, the, the Titans are a team to keep your eyes on. Okay, the second place team in their division last year was the Colts, who finished nine and eight. It was uh, they had a, a terrible end to the season. It was all in their hands heading into Week 18. All they had to do was beat the lowly Jaguars, and they're in the playoffs. Easy, right? But don't worry, guys. Carson Wentz is under center. They got this. <laughs> oh, they got something, all right. You know what they got out of Carson Wentz in that game was two turnovers, a fumble loss, and an interception. Took six sacks, losing a total of 50 yards. And uh, they lost the game 26 to 11, keeping them out Keep of the Keep in mind, he got sacked six times behind an offensive line that had a second-ranked rushing offense. A very good offensive line, yeah. <laughs> Just want that noted in there. It's incredible, really, what Carson Wentz can do to your team. <laughs> So, yeah, that was how it all ended. They absolutely should have made the playoffs, but 
they did not. No. And uh, people lost their Carson Wentz lost his job. Well, he got a new one, but he he got it shipped out, which we'll get into in a second. Uh, by the numbers, they had the. 16th ranked offense with 347 yards per game. Their rushing offense was second behind Jonathan Taylor. Passing offense, 26th. Um, they scored uh, the ninth most points per game, though, with 26 and a half. And on uh, defense, they were just kind of solid. 343 yards allowed, which was right in the middle. 16th ranked. Uh, a little slightly better against the run than the pass. And uh, they were top 10 in points allowed with just 21 point five on average so uh yeah this offseason they made some moves they traded carson wentz to the washington commanders pretty amazing they're able to get out from under his contract and everything Good i think them. they were willing to pay anything at that point yeah uh zach pascal wide receiver went to philly eric fisher left tackle remains an unsigned free agent same goes for ty hilton the wide receiver and Xavier Rhodes, cornerback, which are all like, I don't want to say big names, but they're all names that you know, but no one's picked these guys up yet, which means they could return to the Colts or go elsewhere. Watch um, T.Y. Hilton comes back for a $25 like contract. <laughs> well, you know that's too rich for some teams. <laughs> they, uh, they made a couple of trades in the offseason, most notably bringing in Matt Ryan to be their oh, new quarterback. So excited. Me too, actually. Yeah. From the Falcons who are going full rebuild. Uh, they also brought in a player that I've been weirdly fascinated with for the last few years, Yannick Ngakwe, defensive end, most recently from the Raiders. Um, and he's been around a few teams. I don't know why. Ever since he left Jacksonville, he's been on a different team every year. I think he was actually on two different teams last year. Uh, so he's bounced around a bit. But uh, now he lands here in Indy. Hopefully he can. And he's been producing the whole time. That's the weird thing. It's not like his numbers are going down. I think he's still a good player. So we'll see. Uh, oh, here's this name I was looking for earlier. They brought in Stephon Gilmore in free agency, the cornerback who spent last season with Carolina. Uh, they also brought in Nick Foles at quarterback to back up Matt Ryan. And then uh, Rodney McLeod, McLeod from Philly to be the safety. And they didn't have a first-round pick, but in the second round, they took Alec Pierce, wide receiver out of Cincinnati. And the Colts are another team that lost um, a coordinator who was elevated to a head coaching job elsewhere. Uh, Matt Eberflus was their defensive coordinator, uh, and he's now the head coach in Chicago. But they bring in a familiar name. Gus Bradley will be the new D.C. We know that guy. Yeah, a ton of experience. Uh, he has nine years of coordinator, defensive coordinator experience between the Seahawks, Chargers, and uh, most recently last year, the Raiders. Uh, oh, yeah, and he was also the Jaguars head coach for a few years. So very experienced guy. Um, on offense, almost similar to the Titans to some extent. It, they have a stud running back in Jonathan Taylor, who everything kind of – went through last year he he was a rookie in 2020 but really um took a big step forward and dominated last year with 1800 rushing yards over 2000 all-purpose yards and you factor in the receiving work he did and 20 total touchdowns another breakout uh last year was michael Pittman, wide receiver he was from the same draft class as taylor mm -hmm. um, and he became their top receiver last year with over a thousand yards and six touchdowns through the air 
<clears throat> they've also still got a strong offensive line headlined by Braden Smith, uh, one of the tackles. He's the only uh, stud on this line, and according to our, our PFF BFFs. But, uh, by uh, the way, we still have PFF. I found that out when I got couldn't figure out where half my bank account went. <laughs> I was wondering was how we still had access. auto deduction. Oh, sorry about that. Oh, we could have used that money for Zoom. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> okay, thank you. Um, it's still our a PFF, solid off. Our PFF BFFs can fuck off off. Oh man, this is a you know gonna have to pay a net little extra money for the how heavily the bleep button is gonna be used this show. <laughs> so it's still Sorry, a good it's offensive natural. Still a good offensive line. Um okay, yeah. Biggest question I have is the wide receiver position. Pittman's great now. We know he's gonna be the number one, uh, but there's very little around him now. T.Y. Hilton, like we said, is a free agent, could always come back, but he was his primary skill was being a deep threat, and you know he's like he's old now, so not so good at the deep threat. Doesn't have the same speed. Uh, the rookie Pierce is exciting. It was a second round pick, and we have seen some very good rookie receiver performances lately. But you know that's no guarantee, and there's no depth at all at the position. It's no. It's, it's, it's freakily like uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah. Like if we thought Tennessee was bad with their receiving core, this is even worse. Well, at least they have two starters. You could argue that they only have one here. <laughs> yeah. So they've also right. got Paris Campbell, who's who they drafted. He's been with the team for a while, hasn't done much. And then honestly, like I don't even recognize the, the rest of these names on the depth chart. It's scary. It is scary. Like you said, <laughs> that's a good way to put it. <laughs> Uh, so that's the offense. On the defensive side, not a whole lot of star power here. Just Darius Leonard, the linebacker, who's been one of the best in the game for a while, veteran guy. So, um, yeah, I guess that's that's where my biggest question comes in then, is how big of an impact can their free agency class make? Because they did bring a bunch of guys in. My... Uh... I feel like the only position I had a ton of questions on was the quarterback, and I feel like that's been shored up. The big benefit Matt Ryan has here that he didn't have since the Super Bowl run is a solid running back core. Yeah, He has that. And any time a quarterback has a great run game, it takes a lot of the pressure off. And you have that ability to be a little bit weaker at your wide receiving position simply because they only have to like they just have to make the plays when they count, right? It's not like you're relying on them every snap. It does raise a huge point of concern that it's kind of one dude. And yeah. maybe if TY Hilton gets signed, you're gonna have, you know, an aging wide receiver there and that's kind of what you have. Uh but look at look at what they've done. Frank Wright is an amazing head coach. He's done a lot with this team. And I'm sure he is a stoked to have Matt Ryan. Oh, yeah. Huge um, upgrade from Carson Wentz. Huge. I mean, Mike, you're an upgrade from Carson Wentz. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Um, 
you know, Frank Wright being famous for his the, the one of the biggest comebacks of his time with the Bills. So having someone like Nick Foles who won a Super Bowl as a backup quarterback. Mm-hmm. Like you've got a solid in that position there. The defense, I think, is going to be fine. Even with some inexperience and missing points and, and aging acquisitions, you've got Gus Bradley to come in and run it. So this team, I think, is going to be the team that's going to battle neck and neck for the Titans to take this division, and it can go either way this year. I feel like that's been the case each of the last few years, or at least I feel like me and you have been on opposite sides of of picking this division, and it's just been between these two teams, the Colts and the Titans. Well, the Texans, again, the Texans have a lot, which is our next team, have a lot that they're working towards, but they were last year was tumultuous as you could get. Mm Mm-hmm we will see stability come from them. And even the Texans didn't do horrible. Like they <laughs> on, went yeah. four and 13, but like they weren't a team to really laugh at too much given what they went against. Yeah, And then true. Jacksonville is figuring themselves out. They have a lot of things going for them, but they're still trying to find an identity. <clears throat> yeah. So Versus these teams know their identity. And I think that's half the battle, right? Knowing what you are and playing to that. Right, these teams are just making uh, smaller tweaks to systems that largely work. So how do you compare the Colts to the, the Titans? I think we, you agreed with my B for the Titans. What do you think about the Colts? I don't want to keep agreeing with you, but I do like the B+. Plus. I, I do. I think the only thing they eke out on is they upgraded their quarterback. Both of these teams are very similar on the rest of the ball. Yeah. They, the Colts he got in quarterback. They both have solid running backs. They both have decent defenses. I would argue that the Colts may eke out a hair in terms of the coaching side of it yeah. and the fact that the Colts had a pretty powerful defense. I would say the Colts have a better offensive line, but clearly the Titans don't really care that much because Henry's going to run at you and you're, you're going to pay the price every time. Mm-hmm. But it proved that when Henry went down, Ryan uh, needs a better offensive line as well as better uh, wide receivers. Matt Ryan ekes out because of his experience. And even if something happens to Matt Ryan, you have a veteran in Nick Foles. So they are well, well more in-depth in that mm-hmm. position than the Tennessee Titans. However, these are the teams that know their identity as a run, for, run first, pass second, I mean, it's this is as close as it's going to get to who's going to take this division this year. Yeah, yeah, I said B plus, but it's like a low B plus. You know, it's like an eighty-seven compared to like an eighty-five for the Titans, something like that. It's very close. I think it's a high B plus. I really okay. do. My only, my only concern would be the 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 shallowness of the wide receiver. But both of these teams have shallowness at those positions. Yep. Okay. Cool. Let's move on. The Texans, uh, like you teased just a minute ago, they were four and oh, I, I like to tease. <laughs> oh my, hey, this is save it for the fantasy corner. <laughs> uh, Texans were four and th- 13, third place in the division. Um, which yeah, is actually, I like you said, pretty impressive given what they went through last year. <laughs> Remember, I feel around- like, well, and I feel like, like records don't always tell the full story. True, that's true, like. You see four thirteen, and you're like, "What garbage!" And yet you watch them, and you're like, "Okay, they had some amazing wins." 
Yeah, and, and looking at this roster, which we'll get to in just a second, I was uh, pleasantly surprised in a way. Um, but yeah, if you if you turn back the clocks to a year ago this time, the main storyline was Deshaun Watson, who was still on the team, which feels like he was much longer ago than that. But no, so at first he was holding out, right, and demanding a trade. He said he wouldn't play for the team. And that was before all the sexual harassment and assault lawsuits were, were levied against him. So obviously he didn't end up playing at all, even though what? he stayed on the team. Um, it was Terod Taylor who was the week one starter. Uh, although, oh, this poor guy. Eventually, his trainer <laughs> got a little handsy with the needle, and uh, <laughs> not this time, not this time. Oh no! Okay, now that was in L.A. My bad. But eventually, they did turn the keys over to Davis Mills, who was their third round pick last year, and he actually wasn't wasn't too bad. I was kind of impressed by what Mills was able to do. He played thirteen games, which was more than I actually remembered, but. He had a higher completion percentage, um, more touchdowns, and fewer interceptions than last year's number one overall pick, Trevor Lawrence. And of their four wins, like you said, uh, they were pretty, two of them were pretty impressive. One, they swept the Jaguars, which, you know, whatever. Uh, but their other two wins, they beat the Chargers 41 to 26. And that was late in the season when, when the Chargers really needed a win. Uh, and they beat the Titans as well, 22 to 13. So some some good moments for this team uh, throughout the year. The numbers were bad, very, very bad. We won't go into those. Um, <laughs> but kind of like the Jets, they had a busy offseason. They, they lost to Rod Taylor. He's a backup in New York now. Well, that's another one where we say backup for now. We'll see about Danny Penny's. Um, but then they also lost their safety, Justin Reed, who went to Kansas City. They brought in a bunch of guys, though. They brought Steven Nelson, cornerback uh, from the Eagles, A.J. Can, offensive guard from the Jags. Uh, they brought in Andy Janovich, the uh, Browns' fullback, Marlon Mack. Yeah, there's a few of those around the league. Just a few, just a handful these days. I looked at it on PFF. There are only like seven. It's pretty crazy. Marlon Mack, running back from the Colts, and then uh, MJ Stewart, cornerback from the Browns. They brought in all those guys. And then they had a, a lot of draft picks, too. With the third overall pick, they took Derek Stingley Jr., cornerback out of LSU. Uh, then they took, with the 15th pick, they drafted Kenyon Green, offensive lineman. Uh, oh, I don't know if this was intentional or not. Actually, it definitely wasn't. But instead of Texas A&M, I wrote Texans A&M. Get it? Because they're the Texans. I want to be proud of you. <laughs> I think it was a mistake, though. <laughs> that, you know what? You're clever. You're clever. I'm going to give you that. Thank you. <laughs> oh, my God. We only got 10 minutes again. All right. Let's blow through this. Uh, so David Colley was their head coach. was fired after just one year in the role, despite how we've talked about I feel like this team overperformed, given all the adversity they faced. But they uh, promoted Lovey Smith, who had, was their defensive coordinator, to take over the head coaching role. Uh, Bears fans will remember him as he led them to their only Super Bowl appearance since 85 uh, during his uh, long tenure as the Bears head coach from 04 to 2012. Um, yeah, blah, blah, blah. We, everyone knows who Lovey Smith is. Santa. And, basically with that beard now it's incredible i hope he doesn't shave it i can't wait to see i need to look up a recent photo of him 
Um, and then Pep Hamilton was elevated to offensive coordinator role. He was Houston. Do you think he gets really good pep talks? <laughs> he better. Do you think? Uh, do you think they watch the movie Hamilton every day at practice? Whenever they lose or there's a bad play. All right, again. No. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I'm. Their offensive studs. It's basically just Brandon Cooks, the wide receiver. It's amazing how consistent he's been wherever he's played. And he's been on a bunch of teams at this point, but he's just a really solid receiver. And he's about the only proven stud player on this offense. So many questions for them. Very excited for General Mills to get the start again and have a full season. Really? (laughs) I can't even claim that joke, but I'm going to keep it going. Um, They've done a lot to try to improve things you know they bolstered the offensive line they've got a bunch of running backs they took the miami approach kind of they've just got like rex burkhead is still there they've got like 10 running backs uh, to help take the pressure off mills besides brandon cooks there's a couple veterans in the wide receiver room plus nico collins who was i think a third round pick last year as a rookie um so I guess the question is, is there enough talent around him to help him grow? Or is he even the long-term plan as a third-round pick? I don't know that either, but he could go a long way towards uh, making that a reality for himself with a solid season, which he has a little bit more talent around him than last year. Um, On defense, these are some names I never heard before. Tevier Thomas, cornerback. He was PFF's ninth best or highest graded corner last year. So I had to look him up. He's a guy who spent his first three years with the Browns. I'm not getting much playing time, but last year was his first with Houston. Played all 17 games, had 86 tackles, uh, two interceptions, one of which returned for a touchdown, four passes deflected, one forced fumble. Not a bad year. Yeah. Uh, the PFF liked what they saw. Um, and they've got MJ Stewart, who they brought in free agency. Good covered safety. And then another name I never heard before, Jonathan Greenard, edge rusher. Uh, Last year was his second year in the league. He had eight sacks, 12 QB hits, and nine tackles for a loss in the 12 games he played last year. So they've got some some good guys on defense. And they added a bunch of uh, guys to it with their third overall pick, Stingley at corner, and they brought in some free agents. Especially I think the secondary could be better. Uh, than last year. Take a big jump. Right. But they couldn't stop the run last year, and they've done absolutely nothing to address that, the front seven. So I could see that being a big issue still. Well, and you got to factor in too, right? There's only so much that you can do in one off to, uh, yeah. in one off season to really do. When teams enter rebuild years, a lot of people are like, why can't they do it all? You know, they have so many holes left to fill it. It's like, well, easy there. Like you've got to address your key concerns first of all, right? Even if you have David Mills, right? We're not quite sure. Is he the long-term? I liked him last year. I was hoping they'd keep him and I was correct. And do I think he's the next quarterback for the next 10 years? Maybe not, but he's serviceable. So what do you do? What can we get our hands on now that'll make an impact? Maybe it's the secondary. Maybe it's a few wide receivers. We know we've got a good running back core. Yeah. We're not going to be able to address everything. All we want is improvement, right? The front office needs to say, okay, this year we need to win more than four games. So even if they win 
six or seven games, you're talking a hundred percent improvement almost Mm -hmm. over the previous year. And that's growth of fan base and a coaching staff and a team and an organization wants. Yeah. I feel like it's still going to take a few years, but this is the beginnings of it. And it's not a bad start. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. I feel like they're going about it the right way. Like they use their first round. I feel like they use their picks wisely. They didn't, they didn't reach for a, one of these quarterbacks in a mediocre draft class. Um, they, they spent the picks wisely on offensive line and cornerback are good additions. And uh, I, I think they realistically could win like six games this year. I think they should be better. Uh, like, you, yeah, like you alluded to, it's early in the rebuild, but I think they're on the right track. C plus. I would like to say you can't get any worse, but we usually get slapped in the face and proven wrong on that. C plus. And I would like, I would like at once in my lifetime, for there to be a year of football where there isn't a crappy team. Oh yeah. What do you think about a C plus for them? I think it's too high still. Okay. I'm gonna go with a C minus. I think there's a lot of questions in this team. I think we had some surprises in in last year. Um, but there is a lot, it is a long road ahead. Lovey Smith has his work cut out. Okay. We got three minutes to talk about the Jaguars. Oh my God. How do I have so many notes on this team? <laughs> you have 17 freaking pages. They were three and 14 last year. They were terrible. The yeah. Urban, they sucked. Urban Meyer sucked. The Urban. Their numbers sucked. Their <laughs> off season moves were okay. <laughs> they lost everybody. They got Christian Kirk. Thank God for that. Paid him a ton of money, yes. Okay, so yeah, the numbers are bad. Urban Wire is bad. He's gone. That's why I'm not allowed to run the show. <laughs> no, you're, this is what we got to do right now, though. You're right. I feel like we've been talking for like three hours. Um, <laughs> like six Zoom calls. Okay, yeah, they lost a lot of players this offseason. Miles Jack was a first-round pick a couple of years ago, four years ago. DJ Chark, Andrew Norwell. Do, 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 do. Yep, thank you obligatory uh yeah they brought in Kristen kirk paid him top five wide receiver money even though he's only ever been a complimentary role with the cardinals uh they brought brandon scherf guard great move he's good i'm gonna skip over the rest of these guys uh they took trevon walker first overall in the draft edge rusher out of georgia also in the first round they took devin lloyd linebacker out of utah blah 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 hey doug peterson's back he took a year off after being fired by the eagles and uh, he's back. I love Doug Peterson. I think it's a great hire. Um, let's see. Questions. How much can – yeah, Trevor Lawrence had a terrible rookie year, as did the entire team under Urban Meyer. So question is, how fast can Doug Peterson try to turn the ship around and have a good impact, start unlocking Lawrence's potential? Is Kirk going to be worth the money? There we go. I said it. I said it. Yeah, it's a good question, too. Um, why did they sign Zay Jones? And yeah, it's all about starting to develop Trevor Lawrence. And we can't, we can't use the B word yet after one year with, um, Urban Meyer. He's not a bust yet. So, but it's oh, up to Peterson to start. The I was thinking. <laughs> Moving on. Um, yeah, they're in a very similar position to the Texans, except that they believe they do have their franchise cornerstone, their new franchise quarterback, who's going to be the guy for the next 10 years. But it's up to Peterson to start showing that potential because last year he was bad. Like we brought out the numbers. He was worse than Davis Mills by the numbers last year. Uh, yeah. I had them at a C minus. I think the Texans might be better this year. 
but I love the. I'm going to put them at a C. I think that they have more, more pieces in place and more more pieces in place and a little bit more uniformity amongst them, but not by much. All right, cool. Thank you, Matt. Um, we will be back next week with our next two divisions, the AFC West and the AFC North. Bye, everybody. Thank you for listening to the 2M Football Podcast with Matt and Mike. Don't forget to follow us on our social media, both Twitter and Instagram. Look for our photo at 2M Football Show. If you like what you heard, please tell your friends, family, and others who may be interested in listening to all of our shenanigans. And remember, we will see you next week on the Gridiron.